Shravya, how old are we? We're basically grown teenagers. So then why is there this one thing we really want right now? Because those Naomi Osaka Barbie dolls should be the next coolest thing for all ages. Hello everyone and welcome to Hold On To Your Racket, the podcast for Gen Z tennis fans. We're your hosts, Shravya and Josefina. Josefina and I are so excited to be creating this podcast and sharing our love for tennis with you all. Shravya and I are two high school gals and tennis fanatics united together by our on-the-court and off-the-court companionship. And we're the female Gen Z voices in modern-day tennis you've been looking for, so we hope you enjoy this episode and stay tuned for more. So today is July 12th, and we are on episode 67, and this is our Wimbledon recap. So we're yeah, we kind of we kind of haven't been yeah active <laughs> back in a while, yeah. but we have legitimate reasons. Yeah, we, we do reasons. because my Wi-Fi went out because of this huge like hurricane, tropical storm that was going through New York. Tropical storm Elsa. Yeah. Oh my God, let it go. Yeah. It kind of makes sense that it was a storm, but not tropical. That's the yeah. part that I don't really understand. Yeah, it should be like a blizzard, right? Yeah. What is this? I mean, don't they know like pop culture references over there at the what is Weather it? Channel? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say NASA. <laughs> but that makes sense, right? I guess. They do weather stuff. Okay, anyways, yeah, <laughs> we haven't been very active because my Wi Fi went out for like five days and we couldn't really record because of that but here we are we're back with the recap we are already done with three of four grand slams this year which is crazy and we're not even halfway done with the year so it's really crazy that all of these grand slams we are halfway in the first done half. with the year almost it's july almost it, it's already been we're over halfway through the year shh <laughs> Okay, anyways. Anyways. I mean, we were looking forward to the U.S. Open because that was, like, that's our favorite slam. And we were like, oh, my gosh, we're already through with three. This is the next one. And then we remembered the Olympics are happening. Yeah, we have to do that, too. What a special the Olympics year. That, the Olympics that no one is going to. And the Olympics were Novak Djokovic is just going to make that goat status even more Yay. in the in stone anyways let's start with our Wimbledon recap on the ATP side that's where we're gonna start <laughs> so we can end on a happy note with the WTA side <laughs> um in the final we had Novak Djokovic defeating Matteo Berrettini the love of my life six seven <laughs> six four six four six three <laughs> All right, Djokovic, GOAT status. Come on, guys. We can't escape it. You can't escape it. He's going to be the GOAT. Um, 20 Grand Slams, so he's tied Roger and Rafa, which is crazy. Um, and, I mean, this is big. This is like, I mean, it's it's very difficult for me to say this because I'm not a Nole fan, but it's hard to not be in awe of what this guy does. Like, no, this guy is unbeatable. Unless you're Aslan Karadza, okay. this guy is unbeatable. Okay, but I think um, I think Roger had a, a solid 20 years left in him right yeah to to go up till 60 uh-huh uh-huh first ever uh-huh okay uh-huh okay what is going on clearly we haven't recorded in a while so josephina's dad jokes are hitting a bit different 
<laughs> or should I say should I say grandpa jokes? Because that's what we like to call better. Oh yeah, that makes. <laughs> Anyways, Djokovic said, "I'm not chasing any anybody. I'm making my own path and my own journey, my own history." Um, you know, there was a lot of stuff he had to say about sort of the big three. He kind of was like thankful. He was like said something along the lines of like thanking Roger and Rafa for kind of pushing him to be to be his best and to you know do as well as he could and honestly like for you can say this for either of the three guys like their careers are like are special because of the other two because they have this like they because the three of them are such legends in the sport they wouldn't be there without each other because they've had to beat each other and compete against each other and alongside each other to achieve the status that they hold in the sport today so um, big history-making moment, and it doesn't stop here, just at Wimbledon, even though this was a fantastic tournament for him, because Djokovic has his eyes set on even further records. Yeah, so, like we said, this is his sixth Wimbledon, so closing in on Federer's seven, but still, either way, this is not about comparing. I mean, like he said, he's doing his own little thing, and good for him, but, um, yeah, he did have an amazing tournament he dropped two sets total one in his first match and then that second set in his last match both being the first set of those matches yeah that was a pretty jack draper and mateo jack draper and mateo took sets (laughs) (laughs) keep that in mind fellows keep that in mind the two guys who we've simmed for these past two weeks were the two to take off sets from novak Djokovic. also Happy news! Federer actually has eight Wimbledon titles, not seven. So we're not yeah. we're not quite. He's still Novak is still two away from catching up to that. <laughs> but those nine Australian Opens are really at least at least at least Fed fans have something going for them. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. <laughs> oh I mean, as we were saying, really painful. We were joking earlier about how easy it must be to be a Nole fan. Not like, joking. St- it's completely true. What's what's stopping us from doing that? What's stopping us from being bandwagons, Josephina? Honestly, our integrity, our dignity. But do those things even matter at this point? No. I don't know. I don't we'll leave so. that up to. We'll, we'll we'll have to think about that one long and hard. Yeah, we'll have to think about it. I mean, and anyways, <laughs> as we were saying, uh, it doesn't stop here. I mean, all, all eyes are on Djokovic for the gold medal and for the U.S. Open to achieve the golden calendar slam, which no male player has ever accomplished. Steffi Graf has done it before, the golden slam. Um, and by winning the U.S. Open title, Djokovic would also surpass Federer and Nadal in the slam race, which he seemed poised to do anyway, but it's just kind of wild seeing history kind of really, literally unfolding but we all know sebastian corda is gonna win the u.s open right in tennis i don't think so (laughs) (laughs) okay okay anyways our semi-finalist was actually dennis shapovalov and i mean this makes this something about that doesn't sound right i know um yeah exactly i was kind of saying to myself Dennis Shapovalov, the Wimbledon semifinalist. Something is not really clicking there. I don't think I ever fully processed it, but um, yeah, he made it to the semifinals. He had an amazing run. He beat um, Andy. He beat yeah, Andy Murray. Some of the best tennis he's ever played, probably. And I mean, yeah, Dennis Shapovalov, the next gen representing. Yeah, at least we got yeah. That I mean, that was pretty impressive. Also, because we saw his. Uh, pretty. He had a great run at the U.S. Open too last year, quarterfinals, 
and to come back with another deep slam run, even deeper this time, it was pretty good. And he had Djokovic on the ropes in that first set, especially when they played in the semis. Mm-hmm. That match was weird. But he, you know, he was, he had an awesome tournament. Yeah. So then we have our finalist, Matteo Berrettini, someone that um, Shravya is completely ecstatic for. So. I, yeah, I, I wasn't surprised, but I was also like, oh my gosh. That, I started, Josephine knows, I was in no way a Berrettini bandwagon. You can attest to this, right? Yeah. Exactly. When? I like to, what do you mean? Like during this tournament? No, they like and out like I like I liked him when he was still in his flop era. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I could never figure out why. Yeah, I still liked him when he was in his flop era and have been proud of him since that <laughs> ATP 20... Cup win versus Team. I've been proud of him since then. Oh, yeah. To to winning the Belgrade two fifty title and now this, it's just amazing. I mean, people had a lot of expectations for him going into the tournament. Uh, especially because he had just won Queens and had a really good play season two. And, I mean, he had a great tournament, played well. He made a great comeback in the first set, at least, versus Djokovic. I was shocked he took that. But, mm-hmm. Down um, five, too. Yeah, and down a set point as well, yeah. I believe, and won yeah, it in a tiebreak. So that was awesome. And, hey, I mean, he might have lost, but one thing he did have going for him was that Italy did win the Euro Cup. So I think he, based on his Instagram stories and a bunch of other pictures, he seemed totally okay by the end of the day. And he was there. He was yeah, at he the was match. there. Yeah, he and Isla were also there. A um, uh, couple goals, but um, get mean, it, uh, get it. Oh my gosh, I do get it. <laughs> couple goals because soccer. soccer. I mean, what goals. do you mean? It's not soccer. It's football. football. Yeah. Did you just... Okay. <laughs> I tried an English accent and it just didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, the semifinalist that Berrettini had to face, big shock. I don't know where this guy get, came from. I thought he was going to lose to Lorenzo Lucetti in the first round. Hubert Hurkacz is back. So, back and he even... <laughs> here? Period? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he... in the Between Miami, winning Miami, and between Wimbledon... I think he either Nothing. won no matches or just one match. Yeah. And all of a sudden it makes it to semis. He and took out Federer in straight sets. And now he's number 11 in the world. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, he took out Federer in straight sets in the quarters, bageled him in the third set. I don't know where, how, when this this form kicked into Huber, but I guess good for him. I mean, he played some pretty awesome tennis this past two weeks. Yeah, and then people were saying because Mateo actually bageled hubert back in their yeah. semi-final match they're like oh mateo must be a fed fan so i mean based on the amount of break points mateo wastes he's definitely a fed fan <laughs> okay so we actually have a few breakout players during this tournament i've um, left this for josephina to talk about yeah because first up we have sebastian corda who made it to the round of 16. His um, He's equaling his um, deepest Grand Slam run from the 2020 French Open. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that he's so young and, like, yeah. doing this consistently no, now. And also, like, on several surfaces. He did great yeah. at Roland Garros, as you said. He did great at the Miami Open and at Del Rey, which were both hardcore tournaments. And then he's done Super Bowl on grass, which is, I think, the trickiest surface for, like, younger and newer players to do mm-hmm. well on because it, it requires experience. Really impressive. He's a really well-rounded player. 
and he's in, and he's I mean a lot people are talking about him a lot more so I think there's a lot more pressure on him going into these big tournaments the pressure was always on him for me though so <laughs> I think that's all that matters honestly <laughs> yeah I mean it's it's crazy that he's been doing so well but honestly well deserved and hopefully he can I would love to see him have a great run at the U.S. Open too I think with like the fans there yes. home crowd yes please I would love I want to be there I want to be there. <laughs> so then we have Felix Ogier Aliasim, who made it to the quarterfinals, where unfortunately he had to face Matteo, the eventual finalist. And if you haven't seen, they're actually very good friends. It's so cute. Um, him. They go Isla, on double dates. They yeah, go on double dates. So nice. I love the like the WTA ATP. Intermingling. Um, exactly. Yeah, and all it's these so like, nice. little off-court friendships. Just like yeah. this, this right now. Oh my gosh, on and off the court companionship. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, let's take a look at where our favorites and where our picks ended up. If you don't remember, in our first episode, our preview episode for these Grand Slams, we always highlight who our pick to win the tournament is and then who our favorite to win, the, like who our personal favorite to win the tournament is. So my first personal favorite was Roger Federer. I think we're just mourning at this point. I, like, I don't really even want to talk about it. No, but like, he did well. Like, quarterfinals is not bad at all. His loss to Hercot was terrible. But quarterfinals is not bad at all. You're saying that to convince yourself. I can hear it. Quarterfinals is not bad <laughs> at all. <laughs> so, like, yeah. That's only two matches from the whole thing. <laughs> like, that's not bad. That's actually pretty good. Okay. Quarterfinals, there's eight people only. Eight people out of 128. That's really good. I just realized Fed's going to lose points. It's okay. He's going to lose points from Halle, and he's going to lose points from Wimbledon final. The final okay. that he should have won, but we don't talk about Okay, that. okay, continue. All right, let's talk about where our other picks ended up. Yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> My, <laughs> my pick to win was Oslan Karas. And, um, well, he lost in the first round. That was interesting. I really thought he would have this, like, last surge. And it's like, ha, huh, I really am here to stay. And then it just didn't happen. Because then he, he backed up his semifinal run with a tournament win in... Doha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Doha say. or Dubai. I was. And one then of those there was two. something else that he did that was great. And then I thought that he could do it again. He just, he's done for. <laughs> Ooh. Then we have Daniil Medvedev, who was Josefina's personal favorite and my pick to win the whole thing. I mean, I thought he was gonna make the semifinals, but then freaking Huber Hercotch comes out of nowhere, out of nowhere, out and of beats nowhere. him in the round of sixteen, and. <sighs> I mean, this is what, I I genuinely think Medvedev would have Medvedev would have made the semifinals, because Hercatch like no one no one thought like what? I don't know Huber Hercatch the um that's some WTA type that's some WTA type thing with Hercatch that's so WTA yeah so anyways the real winner of the Wimbledon ATP singles is however Maria. Chick chack. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
if you don't know if you don't know who this is um this is the first woman to chair umpire a men's grand slam final which is phenomenal pretty dang awesome yeah and she obviously this was the um mateo novak final right here she did it like a boss is she amazing queen it was fantastic so yeah she's breaking boundaries exactly she's the goat goat debates it all wta (laughs) let's talk about let's talk about the wta now this is we loved this well yeah no we loved this yes we did (laughs) in the final ash barty defeated carolina pliskova 6-3-6-7-6-3 to take her first wimbledon title and her second grand slam title in a history making run and ash was actually serving for the championship in the second set but Karolina Pliskova pulled off a great comeback and actually took that set in a tiebreak um, to make the match a bit more interesting because it was pretty one-sided in that first set. But Ash Barty, we could not be happier. We could as... not be. It's the Barty party. Uh-huh. Barty party all the way. So the winner, Ashley Barty, not only did she win Wimbledon, which is a pretty big deal in itself, she made history following in Yvonne Goolagong's footsteps. And if you don't mm-hmm. know who that is, she is a fellow Indigenous Australian female tennis player. But she did play in the 70s, around 70s, 60s Yeah. Yeah. That ba- way back. Way yeah, back. Yeah, way back. So way back. in 1971, Yvonne Goolagong won Wimbledon. And then in 2021, exactly 50 years later, Ash won Wimbledon. So that was really great that it was kind of on the 50-year anniversary of, you know, the first indigenous indigenous Australian woman to win Wimbledon. Or Australian woman, period, yeah, actually. Yeah, Australian woman, period. Yes. And then Ash was able to back that up. And she was, um, we were talking about in our first episode, our first Wimbledon episode, how she won in that scallop dress that was actually inspired by Yvonne's 1971 outfit mm-hmm. when she won Wimbledon. And, mm-hmm. I mean, Ash was wearing it when she won. And she actually said in her trophy ceremony, I hope I made Yvonne proud. So it was really great that this all came full circle. And, I mean, it just it's a really nice way to round it out. She's so humble. I don't understand how you can't not love her personality. She's so sweet. And all that um, in an Australian accent. <laughs> um yeah it was such a great win and I think that I mean afterwards she went to go hug her team and her boyfriend and it was and you know she's had to be away from home for so long because of the pandemic and I mean and as Josephina said Ash Barty with a bit of seasoning in her accent is you know but it was the cherry on was it the cherry on top the cherry on top so we couldn't be happier if you can't tell we're we're big Barty party fans we are um and actually I think that people have been talking about this a lot but to see in the WTA side for so after so long to see a world number one playing like a world number one you know dominating doing well getting deep in these tournaments winning tournaments winning grand slams I love it and I'm so ready to see I just want an era like a you know, to see Naomi and her in a match, like, when they're both playing really well, I am praying for that. I think that would be so freaking amazing to see, to see a bunch of these women doing really well at the same time and to see who comes out on top. But, I mean, we had a bit of, like, a resurgence of some of, kind of, these uh, players who've been doing pretty well for the past 10 years, but, you know, 
kind of a bit of a comeback and first of them being Angelique Kerber who was the semi-finalist that Barty faced what a comeback grass season for her she won one of the warm-up events and reached the semis obviously amazing run for her so it was really awesome to see her playing some top-notch tennis but in addition to Kerber we had another player who was made kind of a surprise surprising yet not really that surprising because we've seen her do it before run to a Grand Slam final yeah, and we had Karolina Pliskova. I feel the, bad. I feel bad. We've said so many not nice things sometimes. Yeah, but that's about the thing. Her. I still fully don't comprehend how this woman made the final because is this like your Shapo of the WTA side? Well, no, 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 no. That's no, different. It's that's different. different. It's completely different because I mean Pliskova has had she's like known for having the most like inconsistent season ever this year and also i think it went into last year right except for that Rome. yeah but she's yeah no, no no you're right you're right but she stayed in the top 10 for forever that's true which is impressive but also the rankings thingy the yeah but i mean still for like a, like multiple years not just like last yeah year. yeah that's true she's been she's been a she's been a consistent force in the top 10 i would say yeah. like she's been able to bring her game out at least a, for a good chunk of the year most yeah. of the time so she did have a super solid tournament and she really brought her a game which was great to really see her performing at that consistent high level again which was what she needed to do to be able to make the final and she finally really like kind of brought it together and channeled it into these matches and the semifinal she faced was actually Arena Sabalenka, who finally got that Grand yeah. Slam run we've been waiting for from yeah. her because we kept talking about how she was doing so well in those smaller tournaments, like the 250s and 500s, and she really needs to get better in those bigger tournaments, and finally mm-hmm. she did it. And, I mean, maybe we'll start seeing more from her on this level. Yeah. Um, I was really impressed by Sabalenka being able to bring it to especially because she had a more difficult draw this time than she had at Roland Garros. Um, but in terms of breakout players, we had first and foremost on Jabor reading the quarterfinals, making history again. I know Josefina had her money on Jabor for winning the title, and I mean, honestly, this quarters run was fantastic. She's done it before at the Grand Slam level, and this year, do it again. Um, is amazing. She had some awesome matches and wins, including that three-setter versus Muguruza. And Sviatek. And Sviatek. So, I mean, fantastic run from her. So, I mean, we're happy. We're Ons fans. So, yeah. Yeah, and then we have Isla Tomlianovic, who made the quarterfinals as well. And this was, goals. this was really a great story because Isla and Mateo were in the quarterfinals together, and there was all this like stuff that they were putting out articles, you know, all this press and all these photos. Yeah. It's so cute. Well, and Mateo said that he feels, quote, 10 times more stress, stressed watching Isla's matches than playing his own. And I thought that was really cute. Really cute. And after, even after his matches, Mateo, the first thing that he did was he asked his coach what the score was in Isla's match versus Ostapenko. I love tennis couples. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have Emma Raducanu, the British teenager who made the round of 16. So she really, um, she raised her level we hadn't really heard of her before now in like big tournaments was this her debut i think it was right yeah she got a wild card yeah she had a wild card into a tournament and she used it to 
the best of her advantage and made it into the round of 16, which was really great. She did this with a home crowd. Everyone was super proud of her. And she actually got, I think, some sort of Wimbledon award, like breakout player, something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. That Sebastian Corda and Felix were actually also nominated for. So mm-hmm. it's great that she got that. I think the home crowd kind of came in her favor when it came to getting that oh, award. Oh, but... okay. Someone sounds salty that Corda <laughs> didn't get it. Someone's a little salty, but... <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I she mean, deserved it. She played great, and she's a super young player, so we only expect to see more from her. Yeah, and she unfortunately had to retire in her round of 16 yeah, match to Tomjanovic. She and well or something. It was actually kind of ridiculous because a lot of the back. She was getting a lot of unnecessarily and unwanted backlash from idiotic people like Piers Morgan who were being like, if you're like gonna be like you can't like give up and like say you're mentally out of it at such a young it age like, whatever whatever she was and it was like sick. it was so it was so dumb andy murray came out in defense of her i love As to see that he should so oh i mean God. all we have to say is we hope she's feeling better now and super impressive to her for coming in with a wild card and proving everyone that she deserved it because she really made the most of that all right let's talk about quickly where our picks ended up my pick for the title was Petra Kvitova. She lost in the first round to Sloane Stevens. I guess I should have been more smart. She had a very difficult draw anyways. Uh, she also lost in the first round of the Prague Open or whatever tournament's going on in Prague right now to some qualifiers. So I don't know what's up with Petra. On Shabor was Josephina's pick for the title, as we said, an amazing run and made the quarterfinals before losing to Arena Sabalenka. And then my personal favorites to win the tournament were either Angelique Kerber or Serena Williams. We covered Serena's heartbreaking injury in our last episode, I believe. That was really sad to see. And hopefully she'll be healthy in time for the U.S. Open. But Angie, on the other hand, had a fantastic run. At one point, I actually wanted her to win the whole thing. Um, But, you know, I'm super happy with her deep run all the way to the semis and then last but not least we have ash barty who was josephina's favorite to win the tournament she's always my favorite she's always you know she's always josephina's favorite she's also always both of our you know some both of ours like consistent top favorite it's always him i mean um her and medvedev that are together and like either our personal favorites or yeah they're always somewhere in there they're always going to be there. And obviously, she ended up winning. So, all in all, WTA's side so. shaped up very nicely. And yeah. half of the ATP final shaped up beautifully, too. <laughs> okay, so, finally, to end on this great positive note, we have some happy news. So, Naomi Osaka, actually, she has a couple of things going on. She has a documentary coming out on Netflix on July 16th, which is this Friday, so be on the lookout for that. We definitely mm-hmm. will be. And we're actually thinking about kind of reviewing it on an episode, yeah. talking about it, because, I mean, we have to watch it and educate ourselves anyway, so. Exactly. I only expect amazing things from her. And she won ESPN Award for Best Female Athlete and Best Female Tennis Player. So, obviously, that's Racking up huge. those ESPYs. Mm-hmm. And did I say ESPN? Yep. You said ESPN award instead yeah. of SB. <laughs> okay. So another thing that she has going on, this is probably our favorite part. She is now part of the Barbie Role Models collection, and she has her own doll, so apparently this has been in the works for, like, a couple of years. 
But finally, it's official. It's out. We love it. Or coming out. I'm not sure. But we both want one. For sure. Oh my gosh. What if you bought one and got a sign by her? How how am I supposed to do that? I don't know. Um, How would you want me to do that? I don't know. Get it done. The closest (laughs) I've been to her is one time I was in the ball pit in Arthur Ashe as a ball girl. Like, I was, like, I was the ball girl who, like, sits with the camera people in the ball pit for that match. And, like, whenever a ball goes into the camera pit, I have to grab it and stick my hand out so that the ball people can get it. <laughs> and I was, it was, it was actually, she lost that match. It was versus Benchich at the 2019 U.S. Open. So that was sad. But, I mean, that's the, if you, I mean, maybe I'll ask to be in the <laughs> Instead of the ball, stick out the door. Stick out the door. <laughs> Stick out the Barbie doll. <laughs> She'll know what to do. Don't worry. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us in that is game, set, and match for today. If you like this episode, please let us know and stay tuned for more. We'll be providing you all the coverage of upcoming tournaments and, of course, all the tea on tour. Email us at holdontoyourracket at gmail.com for any questions and leave a rating on whatever platform you're listening on. Hold On To Your Racket is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Follow us on social media at Hold On To Your Racket on Instagram and at H-O-T-Y-R underscore tennis pod on Twitter. Our next episode will be released as the Olympics approach. And remember, my name is Josefina. And my name is Shravya. And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to hold on to your racket until next time.